Anders Walter is a Oscar-winning film director and screenwriter. He won for a short film Helium in 2014, and 9-meter was shortlisted for an Oscar in 2013. Anders has also directed his first feature film, I Killed Giants, in 2016, and is currently working on his next feature. But today, we are here to discuss his new short film, Ivalu. It is based on the acclaimed graphic novel by the same name, shares a story of a young girl deeply impacted by the disappearance of her sister. This heartfelt film was shot in the stunning icy scenery of Greenland and has now been nominated for an Academy Award in the Best Live Action Short category. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Academy Award winning director Anders Walter to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. Well, firstly, congratulations on your Oscar nomination for Ivalu. What's that feel like? Ah, it's it's crazy. Um, it's it's hard to believe that this would happen uh, one more time. As you said, it happened back in two thousand and fourteen. So for this to happen again is is mesmerizing. I I can't believe it. Well, what has inspired you to create this film? It's based, as you said, on a, on a Danish graphic novel. Um, I never thought I would do a story about such a dark subject matter as uh, it's about incest. Um, and But the graphic novel was so poetic and so beautiful and, and the way it dealt with the with the subject matter was, um, I liked the subtleness of it. And also all of my films have been about children and often children who find themselves in, in a difficult uh, situation in life. And, and incest, of course, is one of the great taboos when it comes to, to children. And um, so I thought I would give this, uh, those kids and a voice uh, through this work. Um, so yeah, I have a big, big heart when it comes to standing up for, uh, for children. Um, it's a very, it's a very beautiful, well, let me put it this way. The, the story, the cinematic story uh, is very beautiful. Your work is absolutely stunning. Um, you know, I, I watched the short film, Ivalu, and there was just so much to take in. And one of the things that really, um, I guess, surprised me or intrigued me was what was it like for you filming in a language that isn't your own? Uh, very difficult. Um, I thought that I could direct in a in another language than my own. I speak Danish, and the film is in Greenlandic. Um, I thought I could just tell whether or not uh, the girls in the film would do a good take just by pure intuition. Uh, but I learned very quickly that the Greenlandic uh, language is so different than what I'm used to. So I couldn't really tell if if it was a false note or if they would do a great take. Uh, so I was very depending on uh, my co-director, Pipeluk, who's a great uh, voice herself uh, in Greenland. So it was very complicated. I like to be very close to my actors and 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 improvise with the children. Normally I sit very close to the camera and I throw new lines at them um, as we go. And I couldn't work that way. So it was a totally different approach to, to how I normally like to work with the children. Well, you know, with this type of, you know, filming uh, with a different language uh, than your own, 
Did you have to rely on the majority of the time for the camera to really truly tell the story as well as the girl's uh, facial expressions? I mean, first of all, this this film it doesn't have much dialogue. Uh, a lot of the the movie is told through an, a voiceover, and very few scenes is really what you will probably consider a classical movie scenes where you have two two or more persons talking. So, and so much was told through imagery. Um, so I, I I could never have done this is this would have been for a whole feature. I think it worked out because it was really a story that was told with with uh, images um, and and the voiceover we could work with afterwards. And the voiceover is very much a, a part of the music or the tone in the film. Um, just like the nature is for me, this short film is I kind of approached it almost like um, a piece of poetry, really, uh, visual poetry. Uh, it's very different from, from uh, the movies I've done before. Well, you know, creating a film based on a graphic novel, was it difficult to go through the novel and then create it as a short film instead of a full-length feature film? I mean, the graphic novel is, is very short. I don't think you could, you could turn uh, the graphic novel into a feature. It kind of, um, you know, this, we didn't have to compromise the story or, or, or make it any shorter. Um, actually, adapting is was for me was more about trying to find some hope in the story, because the subject matter is so dark. And in the graphic novel, uh, the ending and the conclusion in the story is basically one without hope. And for me, I need to find that small beam of light. Um, that can point in some kind of inspired direction. But also with this subject matter, you don't want to come across as naive because you are dealing with, uh, you know, a lot of young people who find themselves in really difficult situations. But it was important to kind of point at something that could, you know, maybe shine a light on a brighter future for all these victims. And in our story, the, the the young girl who's searching for for her older sister Evalu, she ends up living with the the grandmother, and that was never part of um, the graphic novel. And for me, that was kind of a way of talking into the close community that is so important in these small societies. For I think in order for these things to not happen i think people around these children have to pay attention and be able to to address this and even be there as some kind of support and we we kind of told that story a little bit in in the film um and that was i think the right balance of pointing in some kind of positive direction uh, for a subject matter that is so dark Yes, it it was dark, and uh, even when I was watching the film, um, because I didn't know the story, uh, I I liked the way that you actually filmed it to where the viewer understood what was going on when that time when that part of the film came up, and I am glad that you did end the film differently than the novel. And are you hoping that this type of film is going to help children to 
speak out that if they are caught in this type of situation? I think what I have learned, I mean, first of all, there's just, you know, the numbers of, of children being victims of this is just out of this world. Um, that's one thing, but I hope because I think more than, I think more than 50% of these children feel like it's their fault. And that's terrible to learn because imagine being a victim of this. And then on top of that feeling, it's your own fault that is, that it's happening to you. So if this film in, you know, some way can reach some of these children and they can feel recognized and maybe feel like it's it's something where they don't feel alone or maybe it talked to that shame they feel about um, feeling guilt and maybe that guilt can be lifted off their shoulders if it can help in anyhow in that in that regard i would be very pleased obviously it's also a film that hopefully will just keep um, people talking about it which is also very important not necessarily the victims but anyone who wants to or politicians or just keep it as a conversation and something that we keep paying attention to because we have to yeah and and you brought up something earlier about uh you really like creating stories with children or about children in your mind are you looking at helping children today to prolong their innocence because we do live in a very different world today, a very evil world uh, in many aspects. Is, is that what you're trying to do is to, uh, to prolong their innocence and, and, uh, and their joy as being a child? Well, I would, I would love for, for uh, children all over the world to, to you know, stay children for as long as possible. I think there's, like you're saying, there's definitely a tendency in, in this modern world for for the young ones to to you know become adults way too fast, or you know they're just so busy becoming teenagers or young people. And I, you know, I have two two children myself, and I I keep telling them, don't you know, be in such a, a hurry. Um, because <laughs> childhood is a wonderful place for most for most children, of course. Um, so yeah, I myself live very much in a in a child's world or in an imaginary world, just by creating stories and turning them into to pictures. So I know very much the the power of of of, of fantasy and the ability to. Um, somehow uh, construct your own worlds also uh, in a positive way. So what was your experience in uh, directing I Kill Giants? Uh, that was crazy because I had only done the three short films up until that point. And then all of a sudden I, I, I joined this rather big American production. Chris Columbus was the producer. Uh, Chris Columbus, of course, who directed Harry Potter and Home Alone. So that was a big change. And all of a sudden I found myself living in Los Angeles with, with my wife and, and children and, and basically went from doing a very, very low production here in Denmark to, to be on a big movie set and direct a really big picture. Um, but then of course, that's all the stuff that surrounds it. By the end of the day, when you start the work of actually directing the scenes, it very much 
felt like what we did on the on the three short mo uh, movies because it kind of you know directing is really about creating an intimate space around the camera with you actors with your cameramen and a few other people and then eventually you kind of lose track on if there's a hundred people behind the camera or if there's five people behind the camera it's all about creating that space where the actors um, feel free and safe to um, to take a chance um so you you kind of forget about all that hysteric um stuff going on in the background on a bigger production and and get into the essence you have well, to let me ask you this because you previously won an oscar for your short film helium what do you think makes a successful film oh a great story i think it's is that is it's as simple as that i think you have to have a great story it's all about the screenplay um if you have a great screenplay, I think it's very difficult to to make a big mess of it. Of course, you can make <laughs> a, a you know a semi good movie, but I think if you have a story that resonates with people and you have real characters um, and characters that feel authentic, then you will definitely find an audience. You will find people who have a strong reaction to to your characters and to your story. It doesn't mean that everybody is going to like it, and and they don't have to, but it all starts with story and great characters. Um, then, of course, by adding on a vision, a, a director's vision on top of a great story, then things can be, go from good to become something magical. Uh, and that, of course, happens from time to time that something special happens. All kinds of strange powers come together. You get the right actors and all of a sudden, you know, magic starts to happen. But really, it's casting and it's looking, uh, if not writing your own story, then looking for the right material for you. Well, how difficult was it to cast for Ivalu? Oh, that was very difficult because, first of all, in Greenland, there's only 52,000 people. And in Nuuk, where we shot the movie, there's, I think, 19,000 people living. Um, and also, I think the most important here was casting a, a 10, 11-year-old girl to play the lead. Not only did she have to be a great actress, but she also had to have a lot of family support. You can't do such a complicated movie and such a complicated part with a, with a child without um, also having the support from, from her family. So by the end of the day, it came down to a very few group, a small group of people. Uh, I think we only looked at five or six girls. Um, but luckily enough, Mila was there and Mila is just one hell of a talent and she really carries this film on her shoulders. I mean, just to compare it, we looked at 700 girls on I Kill Giants. <laughs> <laughs> was, I mean, with, with Ivalu, I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, did did the girls who were, um, I guess you were looking for, for the lead um, and even supporting actress, um, did they have any acting experience whatsoever? Not, not at all. Um, so, and also it happened uh, during lockdown that we were casting for this. So I couldn't really go to Greenland. So everything was uh, online. And But I, I had my co-director, Pippa Lugjans, in Greenland. And she's a great talent herself. And she really had a, a nose for, for finding these young girls and worked with them in their own language. Um, but right away when I saw the casting tape of Mila, I knew that, that she was the one. She... Um, she had such a strong instinct um, 
and also she was very courageous. You can, I mean, for me, casting or picking a, a child out of, you know, a whole bunch, it's, it's all about looking for those instincts and the fact that these girls trust their instinct, um, because obviously they're not trained actors. So it's very much about that kind of intuition for, um, for human life and not because most kids, if you ask kids to, you know, try and play this specific feeling, they will add on something that will make it feel fake. Um, so it's about finding these special ones who dare to trust, really not to do much of an effort, really trust their own kind of inner fine-tuned instrument and just, you know, have the courage just to lend their presence uh, to the camera and to the part. So when they were when they were chosen for the part, I'm I'm sure they were very excited. Was it a, a very unusual experience for them? I mean, here you are, a, an Academy Award winning director coming to Greenland to to film. <laughs> they must have been on cloud nine. I there was um, yeah they, um, they for me that was the first time, and I think the whole family was just so excited to to be part of this. And obviously there's something about that Oscar, you know, when you, especially in, 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 in America, of course, but worldwide, it's such an iconic thing. Right. So, and they of course had looked me up and, um, and, uh, couldn't believe that an Oscar winner would come and, and direct this film with, with Mila in, in the lead. But of course we would, she was fantastic. And. Sometimes I think this Oscar thing is standing in the way of people just uh, <laughs> looking like uh, look looking at people like they're, you know, like any other guy or girl on on the street. Well, I'm I'm very uh, I'm very happy that your film was chosen to be nominated. I mean, nominated for an Oscar. I mean, not just because it's a beautiful uh, short film but because of the story. And I think being nominated for an Oscar brings the subject matter to the forefront for adults to pay attention to, like you just said, politicians to pay attention to, uh, hopefully bring a, a joyful, hopefully a joyful pathway for children to, to speak out and to um, get out of those types of situations. So I was very relieved the way that you ended the film, uh, which uh, I guess is a, a sigh of relief for the mm. for the viewer because you because you're invested. You know, the, for me, you're invested in that lead character, and to see toward at the end of the movie that she's going to be with her grandmother, she's going to be in a safe environment. You're just like, oh, thank yeah. goodness. And uh, yeah. so I thank you for changing the ending <laughs> of that novel. <laughs> yeah, that was very important, I, I think, because it's, it's just, it's, it's very difficult and it's very sensitive and it's a lot of taboo around this, this subject matter. And, but of course, I think we also, when we tell stories, there's also a responsibility to, you know, tell something inspired and something that can give some kind of hope that it does matter to do something. Because if the ending was just all darkness, then I think the point of the movie would be that no matter what you do, nothing will change. And I would hate to accept that. I do think by 
by you know being a, a little bit optimistic in the end i think it's also a way of saying listen you know if people do something if people see something and if people address it and talk about it things will change um it won't go away entirely i think you know it will probably always be there but but it's it's something so horrific and that we just have to keep talking about it and fiction is such a strong medium to to address these difficult things and i'm happy that the academy also because there is a tendency in the in the short category to maybe look at less uh, no less darker films and dark might not be the right word because there's also light in this a lot of light in the darkness but um, so i'm just very happy that they that they see this and recognize this in the film um, and i really hope like you said, the Oscar is such a great window for a short film. Most of these shorts travel the festival circuit without much attention. But with the Oscars, it really gets to to travel far and, and hopefully it will start a conversation or at least keep this on on, on, the, on the list of something we have to not forget about. Well, I want to thank you, Anders, for your boldness in tackling that subject. And yes, it's a dark subject but you brought light uh, into this film. And I would definitely believe that you ha you are in a very strong running for that Oscar. And I know you've won an Oscar for a short film before. So what was it like winning the golden statue for the first time? Uh, that was crazy. I, it's, it's still kind of a little bit blurry to me when I think back on it. It was just an out of body experience. They called out the name of the film and I flew up from the seat and and then I went to the stage. I remember I told my producer we were two nominated. My producer and, and, and myself was nominated and I said, I can't speak. I don't think I have the air. Uh, but then when you when I came up on stage, you know, I also realized this is probably a one in a one in a million. You know, I have to say something and then something happened. I got my breath back and um, I was able to put words together, even though I was looking at Meryl Streep and Brad Pitt down there on the first row. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Anders Walter has been nominated for an Academy Award for his amazing, incredible short film, Ivalu. It's a heartfelt film. And again, we've mentioned that it was filmed in the stunning icy scenery of Greenland. And... Um, Anders, I want to thank you so much for coming onto the program and much luck to you at the Oscars. Thank you so much for having me. Such a, a joy to talk to you. Oh, absolutely. And again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you need to check out the film Ivalu by Anders Walter again, Oscar nominated for best live action short. So when we're all watching the Oscars, we got to cheer on Anders to get that golden statue again. So stick with me because I will be right back with more after this.